awesome. My name is Richard. I'm an alcoholic. And um, I'm super excited that John's speaking. Um, yeah, it's, it's totally awesome. So um, what it was like, what happened. Um, I, what it's like now. Well, actually, I, I like talking about what it's like now. Um, right now, my life is awesome. Um, I'm wearing a unicorn shirt, which I would never do before. Um, and I find myself doing a lot of the work. Today was spent. The whole day was doing recovery stuff. I um, went to the Salvation Army to meet with a sponsee. Um, went to two meetings. Um, I read with somebody else. And now I'm doing a, uh, doing a commitment here. And that, that wouldn't have happened before. Um, I spent my whole life feeling um, um, uncomfortable. And I didn't realize that other people felt the same way. Um, I found solstice and food. Um, and I was really... Um, trying to find some way out of my head. <clears throat> I started drinking when I was about 14 or 15, I guess. And I was sort of off to the races. That got brought up earlier in a meeting. First time I drank was with wine coolers, which was awesome because it was nothing. Yeah, it was, it was, <clears throat> it really was awesome. Um, <clears throat> I was with the swim team and it was the first time I felt free. Um, I, I actually suffered the runner's high I used to get sometimes when I was younger. And um, I, I could never recreate that. Um, I quickly got into speed and I quickly got myself kicked out when I was 16. Um, I've since made amends to my mom, which has been awesome. But um, I, I, I went to live with a friend. Um, his brother's friend got sober. He took me to my first meeting at 17. Um, he told me I had to believe in Jesus. Um, I told him I'd never go to a, another church again. And I say the same thing. My second meeting was when I was 44 and I haven't had to um, have a drink since then. Um, so my sobriety date is May 1st, 2014. I've got a little, a little more than eight years. And um, I, I, what happened is I tried to control my drinking. I haven't done hard drugs since 89, but I've never been able to manage my drinking. Um, my bottom was a very slow, painful skid mark. I didn't have a lot of, dramatics i was a functional alcoholic until the end and um what happened is my life got smaller and smaller um my um former wife i don't like saying ex-wife so i started saying my former wife um and, and she would leave me she was from ohio and she was leaving me um um to go take care of family that was dying and what that did is it put a magnifying glass on my drinking and what, what happened the second last time she went to ohio is i stayed in bed and i drank all I drank the whole time she was gone. Um, we had dogs, the dogs peed and pooped in the house. Like I, I didn't clean up the bottles. Um, a few hours before she got home, I cleaned everything up. It was, I felt totally demoralized. What happened is um, she was going back again. And I, I knew I wouldn't, I, I knew I didn't want to be in that bed drinking. So what happened was there's a guy I worked with that kept on trying to 12 step me. And um, I, I finally called him up. And every month or two, he'd say, do you want to go to a meeting? Because he knew how miserable I was. And I finally called him and said, yeah, I want to go to a meeting. Um, I didn't know you could go to a meeting drunk. So if you're drunk right now, welcome. Um, keep coming back. Um, somehow, that day I, 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 somehow that day I was able not to drink um, during the day and the afternoon. I, I went to that meeting. I thought my friend was going to be there. He had to work. So I was there all alone. And I raised my hand and said I was an alcoholic. And um, since then... Um, Things got hard, um, but I haven't had to drink since then. Um, 
after about a year in sobriety, I went to the ER and finally got diagnosed with anxiety and, and depression. And once I got medicated, um, my, it, it, it totally changed my recovery. Um, I had a lot of, I had a really hard time in the beginning. It took me nine months to find the spo a sponsor. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, I'm on my second sponsor now, who's just a really awesome guy. Um, been to the steps. I, I sponsor, it, right now it's about seven guys. And uh, actually six six guys and a woman, sorry. Um, but, but, but since I got medicated, I just started doing more of the work. I started leaning in. Um, I used to have an erratic work schedule. And my work schedule now is pretty routine. And, um, and what that's allowed me to do is get more commitments. Um, things really changed when I got my first sponsee. Um, it was scary. Um, actually, the irony was the woman that put us both together was a mutual friend. I'm sponsoring her now. So but, but she was the one that put us together. She, she saw that we could probably work together. And, and that really did change my program. I wasn't all the way through the steps, but it, it um, allowed me to really focus and, and start going through. I, I usually read with him on Saturdays. We're still working together. And um, it's, it's been awesome to see him. Um, to take them through the steps. Um, so what it's like now, um, I do a lot of work in AA. I go to a lot of meetings. I think I, I usually average about 10 meetings a week. Um, <clears throat> when I first started, I was doing like three to five a day. Um, I still do that sometimes, um, but, but um, I, I find it helpful to work with alcoholics too. So if I'm sponsoring somebody, if we're sitting down to read, um, there's many times I'll just go to one meeting a day I go to a meeting a day because that's what works. Um, I tried to do 90 and 90 and I accidentally did probably 300 and 90. And um, I just, I go to a lot of meetings. I, I really like it. Um, I've got a former life and my former life, I, 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 I went out a lot. I, I tend to um, jump into things head first and um, recovery is the best thing that I've ever done. Um, um, I, I, I was gonna say, um, what it has done too is it's allowed me to um, walk through stuff that, that the guy that got me sober he ended up shooting himself um <clears throat> about eight months ago and um i hear people that have gone through incredible stuff in sobriety and um and what i did when he when he died is i leaned in you know i um went to meetings i cried i went to meetings i cried went to meetings i cried um i talked to people and i was able to pass through that grief you know i've, I've had two I've had two old friends die in sobriety. I did the same thing or, or during COVID went to meetings, talked about it, ended up crying, ended up crying a lot of meetings. If I'm, but um, uh, it, it's really allowed me to, to um, push through, not push through because that, that means I'm fighting to, to actually um, pass through a lot of stuff in life, facing a lot of new challenges. I'm in this scary part in life where I'm meeting new people. And um, I really rely on the program for that. You know, I, I, I meet with my sponsor every week. I talk to a lot of people inside and outside of meetings. Um, I've told all of my secrets to at least one person. Um, and, and, and right now, I, I, actually, yeah, I, I've got two more minutes and I just, I just want to keep saying like, God, my life is great. I would have never thought this. I, I've got a sponsor who keeps relapsing. He's the one that that's in Salvation Army. And um, he's, I'm, I'm really hoping he makes it this time. Um, so I, I would say I came in an atheist and um, I still, I, I don't know what's happening, but um, 
that the guy that's in the Salvation Army, he kept relapsing. And, um, I, and I've always prayed. It's always like scratched his itch. Um, and, and when he relapsed, he was out in the tenderloin. Um, and I didn't know where he was. And um, I started praying for his safety. I, I did what other people did. And that's what I try and tell newcomers too. Um, if you want what we got, do what we do. And so the first time when I sobriety, I actually started praying. I haven't, I haven't shared this at my atheist meetings yet. We'll see, but um, I've, I've shared a group level and um, it's, it's this new era of my sobriety. It's, it's, it's interesting. And, um, and I'm able to walk through that fear. You know, it's, um, he, he was on my couch. He drank again. I had to kick him out. He was out again. And I, did, I did the same thing and it's, it's giving me relief. Um, and that's been a huge, that's opened up a huge part of my recovery. <clears throat> the, the other thing I was going to share too, is like, um, I'm out of a relationship. I'm meeting new people. And, um, and this is what I'm, I've talked about people outside the meetings. Um, this is the first time I've, I've been meeting people. I, I'm not full of self-hate and, and it just dawned on me. Like it's kind of blowing me away. Like I'm meeting people and I like myself. I'm in a good place and I've never done that. I've always had this underlying, um, yeah, I've, I've just been full of, I've just been full of so much self-hate my entire life. And, 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 ever, and over eight years, I got 30 seconds. Um, I found that being removed, it's only been removed like the last couple of years, but again, if you're new, just please keep coming back. I, I, I go to Rockridge Fellowship a lot. There's a lot of newcomers and there's a whole group of us that, that, that tell them all the same thing. Please stay. Please go to meetings. Please find a sponsor. Get into the book. I'm getting a new routine and, and things will change. And like I said, I, my life is, is awesome. Um, I've, I've gotten the cash and prizes, but, but the best thing is I wake up and I'm really happy to be alive. I'm really happy to be in my life. So that's it. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for asking me, John. I am John and I'm an alcoholic. And uh, uh, it's nice to be here. I, uh, I, I used to go to this meeting for years and years and years. I worked on Saturday nights. Uh, and uh, when I'd be off, I'd go over to the Methodist Church, which isn't far from me. I live over by Ashby and Adeline. And, uh, and, uh, and I'd go to the Devil Speaker Meter, and it was just packed in there. And it was such a cool venue, <laughs> stained glass, all that stuff. It looked so cool. We were in the basement, of course, but I still really liked uh, the, the whole feel of the place. Um, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me, John. It's nice to be here with Richard. <laughs> I didn't know I would be, but I feel I feel comfortable. Uh, and um, so, what I'll, I'll do is I'm going to jump around a little bit because uh, uh, this is a rather interesting time in my in my sobriety. And uh, uh, well, it's all been kind of interesting, but this is especially interesting for me. <laughs> And uh, that's a, um, so we're going to look at a year ago today, July 9th, two, 2002. And it's, um, it sticks out to me. I was, um, I had been uh, uh, court ordered to treatment and I had missed, um, I believe, three uh, attempts. And, uh, and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, I've gone to jail in there. I mean, I went to jail before, but I went to jail as opposed to going into treatment. It was just, I was a mess. But um, 
So on July 9th, I was going to go. I was finally going to do this. I had somebody to drive drive me to the BART station because I never could make it to the BART station in Hayward. I'd stop off somewhere. And uh, and uh, and uh, so um, I was I was out on East 14th Street and I was hanging out with this prostitute who she was a friend of mine and really a lovely human being. I just I really to this day think she was really she was just like one of those last people that was that was nice to me. And uh, you know we did we sat out on the curb for a while and you know smoked a little mass had a had a, had a couple of hits off the joint and. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and I said goodbye to her, I'm going into treatment. I said, I don't know how long it's gonna be, but uh, we said our goodbyes. I've never seen her again and I've never used again. Uh, I went home and uh, to this, this, this friend of mine who's driving me said I could stay at his house uh, as long as I was really gonna go into treatment. And I really didn't know if I was lying or truthful that I was gonna go because I'd lied so many times before, I was really comfortable with it. And, um, and it was, uh, 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 I had just enough meth in me to be up all night long. And so went to the BART station, I was still kind of, you know, jittery. And, uh, and um, so I went, uh, I got to Bard. I didn't even know where this place was. I was North Berkeley. I'm like, this is not my stomping grounds. East 14th is more my stomping grounds. And um, and I, uh, I uh, so I had this uh, uh, appointment uh, at the Newbridge Foundation. So I found the place. I walked up from the Bard station. I'm like, it was a little satchel of clothes that I had stolen from the Salvation Army over on uh, in Hayward on B Street. I shopped at the finest places and uh, even the little satchel I stole from there. Was, oh God, that was an immense. Um, uh, the, um, but I, I, I got there and on, on, on July the 10th, nobody would hook me up. Nobody. I mean, I tried before I left with Mel. I like, just give me a bump or something. <laughs> Drink anything, nothing. So um, uh, so on July 10th, I entered into treatment and that's my sober date. And if I, if I stay sober tomorrow, I'll be sober for 20 years, um, which is so weird for me to even say. Um, uh, I, I do run a pretty close day at a time program. So I don't think, oh, I'll be sober in 20 years. I never thought that. I, uh, uh, I'm very excited about it though. I'll tell you that. I'm, just, I'm super stoked. And, uh, and, um, uh, and so that's, 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 that's where I'm gonna start my little story. But the whole trail of tears began on the south side of Chicago, where I was, where I am from. Uh, my family's um, south side, southwest side, uh, not the garden section of Chicago. It wasn't like over there by the lake or anything like that. No tour buses. Uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, although it was colorful and uh, shades of shameless. The um, but my, uh, so I, uh, I, was, I was born there, uh, I'm gay, and I was very effeminate kid. 
Uh, and I just stuck out like a sore thumb. It was bad. And uh, I, uh, I was, you know, just being me. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and my parents were like, you know, really basically, could you shove that down a little bit? Can you, can you please uh, uh, just not be so big about that? And it wasn't until it was, uh, it was Christmas, 1962, a day that will live, live in infamy. Uh, uh, so Christmas 62, I had been Christmas. All I wanted was a chatty Kathy doll. I didn't give a shit about anything else. And, uh, and so my Christmas lift, one thing, Chetty, Kathy, green dress. And, uh, and to match my eyes. And the, uh, serious, I was so, such, a, such a piece of work at an early age. And I took, uh, well, Christmas morning, and it's like, oh my God, it was like this miracle. I got Chetty Kathy. There were some war toys and shit I got to, I don't remember all that. Uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and so I took Chatty Kathy outside onto South 82nd. It was not a pretty sight. <laughs> That's the day I went into the closet, literally ran back into the house and I kind of shoved myself into the closet and began playing with Chatty by myself. Just glad that I made it back back to the house alive. Uh, and so, um, uh, yeah, that was, that started the closet years. I, I started butching it up <laughs> as much as I could. Uh, and um, and uh, that did keep my parents somewhat at bay. So these were these positive things about not being myself. Uh, and, you know, the great lie. You know, everybody who's gay knows this lie of like, oh, you know, I just got to put on a face. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I wanted to be straight so desperately and none of that was happening. And, you know, I, I family was going to weddings, so I'm like, oh, look at that bride. <laughs> but I kept it in. I kept it in, and uh, and uh, uh, kept it down. And I, I um, it really made me very sick. It made me very sick as I created this persona that was not real at all. Nothing genuine about me. Uh, I was creative. I was. Um, I was. Uh, you know, um, a little overly sensitive, as they used to say. In other words, I'd cry at the drop of a hat. It did not take much for me. And so, but, oh, Johnny's sensitive. Oh, he's artistic. He's gay. Um, and uh, um, and I, uh, my parents were both alcoholic, as was my grandmother who lived with us. Uh, and... Um, uh, I, I just, the first taste of alcohol was um, at Christmas time, just having a sip of eggnog with brandy in it. Delicious. I was, <laughs> where do I get more of this? And so that's, uh, I think the ball started rolling then, and then it started to roll more and more as I, um, just real quick here. Stopped my stop my my um, my, uh, my phone here, uh, 
But I, I, it, it was, it, it, they had, you know, this liquor cabinet, like, you know, people would have, but it never had any of the good stuff. None of the, the scotch, the gin, the, um, the vodka. Uh, it's because they drank it all. All that was in there was this shitty um, Kahlua, uh, uh, cream de mint, and all this stuff that they would never, I never saw them drink that stuff. And uh, so I started mixing it as a mixologist and I made myself cream to Girl Scout cookies and they were delicious, uh, Kahlua and cream to mint. And um, I got my two close friends. We, we were all into it until it was all gone. And, uh, and it was like, I thought that could be a problem. They never noticed because they were never going to touch it. And, uh, uh, and so I, um, uh, I, I was then I was about stealing a little bit of vodka because they, they, they get pretty drunk um, and it was a uh, it was a very chaotic house you know we had one of those bright red doors and you go behind the red door and you did not know what was going to be happening it was an insane asylum I uh, 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 it was a very sad place my brother and I um, you know uh, I'm the youngest, he's the oldest, and my, uh, and my brother and I, we would, um, we would uh, just be at it constantly, because he was anything to shut them up. He was, shut up, be quiet, stay in the room, just follow orders. And I was like, no, if you stand on your hands, if you, if you, if you learn how to tap dance, They'll shut up. They'll be watching that. Oh, and, and so all of these different methods that we tried to just make peace in the house as children um, uh, are still a part of the two of us today. It was early training and uh, early training for alcoholism. He's still alcoholic, my brother. Uh, and uh, we went to um, uh, we went through uh, uh, through school. We, you know, it's back when they had really exciting names for school. I went to I went to Central, East, West, and South schools. You know, they they were put a lot of effort into that uh, school naming back then. Um, but the um, but it was just it was it was it was really unpleasant for me. Uh, and so there was myself and there's a couple of other kids that were just total outcast and it turns out that one of them was um, was gay also. We just could never ever tell each other uh, what was really going on here. And uh, it's just, it's this created a lot of space for self-hate, uh, self-doubt. Um, oh my God, the inner critic would never shut up. I could get caught, I could go, oh, don't do it. You know, uh, uh, and uh, don't be looking at that guy. Don't be doing this. Uh, so I, um, I, uh, I suffered, just shut up and took it. And when I was in uh, my early teens, there were these couple of guys that I did hang out with in the neighborhood. I most know because they would just, you know, beat me up. And, uh, uh, but there was a couple of guys and, and, uh, and we hung out and, um, the one had a much older older brother and the other one had a much older sister and they bought us booze oh my god we could get pot but we couldn't get booze and we really wanted booze pot nice booze awesome 
And so, um, and so, uh, so uh, it began with, uh, you know, um, saving lunch money or lunch money. This is, you're going to age myself here. We would get cigarettes. We'd save our lunch money. So 50 cents would go towards a pack of cigarettes at Poochie's and uh, quite the place, I'm here to tell you. High class on the South Side. And, uh, and, uh, and they didn't really care that there was like a 14 year old going in there to get cigarettes. They give a shit. And, uh, and uh, we'd get uh, cigarettes and save our 50 cents, 50 cents so that we could get Boone's Farm or, or Ripple wine or something from uh, from uh, from the older the older siblings, my brother and I were too close in age, so he was not he was worthless, um, and uh, we had um, uh, we would get drunk a lot. We would get drunk, smoke pot, go to school, do it again, smoke smoke pot on the back of the school bus on the way into uh, you know, and uh, nobody was going to stop us. These monstrous kids. And, uh, and so we just were bad. <laughs> uh, I did not do well in school. I did really well at, at lying and manipulating though. So that's a, that was a skill. And I still have that. I've, I've given up the dope and the booze, but I haven't given up the whole game. Uh, but lying and manipulating was my jam. It was so great. Uh, and, uh, and I could, I could get people to believe me. I started being, you know, it's like, of course, and when high school, I started to be in the theater, <laughs> you know, and I had the bullshit down pat, uh, later on in life. I had a guy tell me we were breaking up and, and he's like, if bullshit were music, you'd be a whole brass band, get out of here. And, um, and I don't know if he stole that from somewhere or made it up by himself, but it did hurt. <laughs> it did hurt, you know, getting caught. Uh, and um, and so in my in my uh, in my um, my struggle with my own sexuality was just really difficult, you know. And so I made it till the end of high school, and there was this um, this TV show, The Louds, The Loud Family. And it was on PBS and it was, it was like one of the first reality shows and they followed these people around and Lance Loud came out of the closet on TV. It was like, oh my God, you didn't just do this. And, uh, and so, well, in, in my house, that was the end of that. We could no longer watch the Louds because what if it made me gay? And I don't know. And, uh, but I, oh. I was just like, he is the most courageous, amazing person. And, uh, um, and uh, who did end up, he died of HIV early on in the AIDS epidemic. Uh, and, uh, and just my hero at the time. And so in 19, um, uh, uh, 1975, uh, January, they made it, you know, it's no longer was a mental health thing to be gay. And so, um, I decided I was going to come out right there on the south side. Screw the dumb shit. And uh, I was already actively an addict and alcoholic. Really, really, really. That's, that's just, the, I, you know, I couldn't say the words without being drunk uh, or at least buzzed. And so I did it. 
you know, and uh, I came out of the closet to my mother, who who was a little flipped out about it. My dad had died young. He died when I was 14. Uh, and, um, uh, and my mother's alcoholism and grandmother's alcoholism took off even worse. But I told her, you know, it's like, okay, she's going to be a pain in the ass. I know she, cause my mother was a rager. Uh, she was a screamer. I used to say, I don't have a mother, but there is this woman that screams at me from the couch. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I think that that's enough. But I, um, and she was actually pretty cool with it. She's just, she said to me, give me a minute. Just give me a minute with this, John. Because uh, 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 right now, all of my hopes, dreams, thoughts of your future, all of that have really been trashed. So give me a minute. And really, a couple of weeks and she was... Uh, back to being her spicy self. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with me being gay. And, uh, uh, and I, I came out with my friends. I was like, it was just so scary. People really didn't come out of the closet at, on the South side. It, it just wasn't something people did. You just, you, you, you know, um, you became a priest uh, uh, or a nun uh, and, uh, and, um, or, or, uh, anything other than say who you really were. And I could not keep that to myself another minute. I exploded. And with that, when I was, uh, when I was uh, uh, 19, it was legal to drink in Illinois. I'm from, you know, the, the, and I, and I had, had moved up to the North side where the gays were. And, uh, and I was, um, and so I, I, we would um, we would get drunk constantly. I was drunk. They they changed it when I turned nineteen, and they changed it back when I after I turned twenty one. Uh, perfect for me, God given. And then I was uh, uh, just you know I had a series of poor choices in relationships. Imagine that. Uh, but then I found somebody who I student taught for when I was uh, in college. So I student taught for this person and, um, you know, we hit it off really quickly like that night. And, uh, and, uh, and then I was with him for 17 years. Mind you, the first three were awesome. After that, it sucked. But I wasn't leaving. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, and uh, um, my mother went to Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, mind you, when she would go, I would, I would, I would walk with her so she didn't stop off at a tavern or something like that. And I'd sit outside, and then she'd come home and drink. I, I just felt like it was Alcoholics Anonymous is such bullshit, you know. And then my mother um, actually went to a, a form of treatment back then, and uh, and she came out of the treatment for 90 days and, uh, and she drank and then she died. And uh, my mother died of cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, it was a very painful thing, very painful. I had to move back from the north side back to the south side because, you know, scratch, scratch the surface of an addict and you come up with a codependent. And I was a codependent. I bought her last bottle of vodka. And, uh, and so um, it was pretty awful. It was pretty awful. It was a shame. Uh, 
Um, but I, I went to this therapist and I had a pretty good job at the time. I was working for United States Blueprint Paper Corporation. Now everything we sold is basically obsolete. <laughs> Literally side slide rules and stuff. Um, beautiful ones. Uh, but I went to this therapist. I'd gone to a couple. I didn't like them. I went to this therapist and she was nice. And she said to me, she said, John, I think you have a problem with drinking. I said to her, I think you have a problem with me. I walked out of, I thought, that bitch. Now I look back, she is the first person to ever tell me the truth, to say it to my face. You have a problem with drinking. And, uh, and of course, as we all know, the problem was me, <laughs> the problem with me, and the drinking was uh, uh, just a, a way of dealing with me. Um, and so I just continued to drink, drink, live a miserable life with, with my ex, Larry. I mean, I was, we lived together. I tried moving out. I, I moved apart. I did all kinds of stuff. He just coming back like a bad penny. And then uh, uh, my company had been bought out uh, uh, and uh, they offered me a job as the, uh, uh, um, as the national customer service manager in, in Emeryville of this big, this big company. I'm like... I'm going. <laughs> I am on my way. Thank you very much. I left him on Valentine's Day. It was just, it was a coincidence. It really was, but I found it ironic. And I moved here. I was, uh, I, I turned, uh, I was 35. So I turned 36. And so I turned 36 teen. There was no family. There was no, I mean, there was nothing to hold me. All the old friends and all that. I was boundless, and and uh, uh, I, I owned a I owned a stool at the turf club in Hayward, and I bought this big house in Hayward with a big old patio, uh, so I could have big parties, and I did, and uh, and it was only like three blocks from the turf club, so I would never get a DUI. Brilliant, uh, and the. Um, so it kept, uh, uh, so my addiction just kept going on. And then I was in introduced to methamphetamine. And that's when I just started doing so much. It was just awesome. Awesome. And I didn't know I was just circling the rim of the toilet because it kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I moved, uh, what happened was I, uh, I ended up selling my house. I had a business, which was a head shop in Hayward, Street Smarts smarts with a Z. And, um, and uh, 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 which was really great for a, a, an alcoholic and drug addict. Uh, uh, that fell apart. I, I, uh, the, the, the person I was living with at the time, he died. And uh, when Kevin died, that was just devastating for me. I did not know what to do. Uh, and, um, and so what I ended up doing is I got a big old storage locker and I moved in there. And my friend Maria would come and get me out and lock me back in. And then the, I lost the storage locker. So I moved into this um, Honda Prelude in, in uh, Maria's driveway. It was a two-seater. And so, of course, I, had a, I always had a boyfriend. And so I had a boyfriend there. And, uh, and uh, he was smoking crack. I was smoking meth. It was just fabulous. And he, we really were quite the pair. And then one day they, they towed the car. And so Sean's like, I'm out of here. I'm like, what do you, you wanted me just for housing? 
And, uh, and uh, apparently he did. And so then I moved underneath the Second Street Bridge in Hayward, which you can't even get there anymore. Uh, and, uh, and I was homeless for quite a while. I got caught with sacks of dope and they for sale, but I could never get rid of one of those, those empties. I, oh my God, it just went on and on. Several arrests and I was going to go to prison. That was it. And I, you know, and so it was either go to treatment or prison. And I was like, well, prison, I probably get a boyfriend. I don't know if I'm going to get one in, in uh, treatment. I just don't know if that's going to happen for me. But I got a hold of myself. I went to treatment. So I walked up that hill with my stolen stuff and sat on this little red chair at the Newbridge Foundation. It was called Bridge One. And I was at Bridge One for 18 months. So I was not a 30-day client. Um, uh, so I was there for eight months. And it was, you know, people hated it. They ran out of there because, oh, they're yelling at me. I'm like, oh, you didn't have my mother. This ain't nothing. And uh, they yell at you. It was a therapeutic community. And it was old school therapeutic community. A lot, I, I've scrubbed all the grout at the Newbridge Foundation uh, uh, in all the buildings except for the women's bathrooms. That's the only grout I haven't scrubbed for LEs for different things. They said I facial dumped uh, uh, because I, I, I wouldn't say fuck you or anything about like I mean. I have a colorful face. And so I've, I've learned a term facial dumping and I would get in trouble for it all the time. Couldn't stop myself. And, um, and so then what happened here was I started to come alive, guys. I came alive there. I got a sense of self. I worked the first 12, uh, my first uh, steps, 12, step, 12 steps, I worked them there. It was amazing. I went to AA, we went to the Berkeley Fellowship. I liked it right away. <laughs> I'm like, these people are awesome. <laughs> what did my mother not see? Because all I knew about AA was that it didn't work and it might kill you. I had the dead body to prove it. And, uh, and uh, I, I liked it right away. I was like, oh, I don't like this shit. I don't, you know, it's like all oh, the God stuff. I'm like, oh, screw that. I, I, you know, I, I, I can do whatever I want to do. You know, they said, it's the God of your understanding and I'm taking that serious. And, uh, and to this day, I take that seriously. I'm, I'm not a religious person. And so I, I went through that program, that incredibly difficult program uh, and all these gangsters and stuff like that that get, got off of Block 13 in San Quentin and get dropped off up front. They'd run their asses out of it. Oh my gosh, Suzanne was mean to me. I just stand there and go, toot-a-loo. And, uh, and, uh, uh, but I made it to the end. I graduated. I quit smoking cigarettes. My sober date is... Um, it's February 19th, 2004 from cigarettes because the, my graduation was gonna be a month later and I didn't wanna walk, walk across that stage and be addicted to cigarettes too. So that's when I quit. And um, I've, I've, uh, I've had a multitude of sponsors. My first one was just wonderful. It was a long time, John, he was, he was, he was like 23, I was 46. And, uh, uh, and uh, um, I raised my hand that I needed a sponsor. He's the one that showed up and, uh, uh, and he really were, I really worked steps with him. He was a great guy. 
but I've had several sponsors. I've sponsors relapse. I've, I've had uh, 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 two sponsors relapse. I've had a lot of sponsees relapse. Um, I work at Newbridge. I worked there for um, 18 years. It was 18 years in, um, in um, April. Uh, uh, so I've been, I'm, I've been, now I'm the, the senior counselor and senior citizen, and I run the telehealth program there. Uh, uh, and so uh, I've done all the different things. I went back to school, you know, I call it my, my PhD, my player hater degree. And uh, I, I uh, went back to school. I, I love what I do. I, I should retire, but I don't have enough money. And I really like it. So uh, last, uh, th this last Friday was my first of my perennial uh, or, or eternal uh, um, three-day weekend. So I will be not working on Fridays. I'll have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. And I still have my feet in the game. I love Zoom. I loved it. It's been a, a miracle for the clients, uh, a miracle for them. People that were too too nervous or anxious or shy to get out of their houses, they could do it on Zoom. You know, people who who lived in places where there just was no treatment, they could do it on Zoom. I love it. I love it. And um, I'm about done here. I'm going to kind of finish it up. I was in the problem a little extra time. Sorry, uh, uh, but. My recovery has just been an amazing journey, amazing journey. And uh, I, I'm, I, I've never, never thought when, you know, that I could be this happy and that I could be this understanding and that I wouldn't have to be so angry and anxiety ridden and that I can let things go pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Meditation helps. I'm a big meditator. And uh, anyway, there's lots more there. You know, I did end up, I was shooting dope for a while and the nicest people on earth were the uh, people at the, at the um, needle exchange. So I'm all about harm reduction too. I think, you know, you take, sometimes it takes a minute to get sober. You have to do a few things. And uh, they kept me alive long enough to get sober. I'm grateful for so much. I'm grateful for you guys. And uh, I'm going to end this where, uh, like I end my groups uh, at Newbridge, my little Zoom groups. And that is take some time and be good to yourself. When you're sitting there just talking shit to yourself nonstop, take a break and say something nice about yourself. Everybody's got something. And everybody in this room is moving forward in their sobriety. And on that note, I'm out of here. Bye, guys. Thank you.